Welcome back to the Jojitorium. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. Tony Khan just gave us a call. Guess what? We're all elite, baby. It's because he likes world champions. That's right, he does. So, first sip brew box brought you the gear, and it was good. So they brought you a podcast, and it was also good. And now they're bringing you First Sip Studios. From She Knows Beer to CNC Malt to Barrel and Flow, First Sip Studios is geared and prepped to capture the essence of your brand and bring it to the eyes and ears you're aiming for. Check out First Sip Studios by following them on Facebook and Instagram at First Sip Studios, all one word, where you can see photography, video, and sound samples. Just make sure you tell them the boys sent you. We are back, and I feel all elite. What a... It's incredible. I feel like a wrestling fan again. I, I might have yeah. to buy some t-shirts. Oh, is that is that you copying everything I just... I bought so many t-shirts. Yeah. That's all I did. I haven't yet. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm in line, too. I'm I definitely was, getting some Adam Cool gear. Oh, yeah. I was part of the reason why the server crashed. Again. <laughs> they had to put on, like, a log jam queue now. Uh, and, of course, we're going to get all into that. Um, so... Just so you know, this is the second episode after Adam became uh, champion of the Berg. So he's like Phil Kessel was still a Stanley Cup champion. Adam Bashline is still the homebrew champion. Bay Bay. So, Adam, this is a great day to be here to talk about the thing we love the most, professional wrestling, because AEW brought on a killer card. But before we get into that, of course, we got to talk about what we're going to be drinking. So... It's round one. We got beers. Let's put them together. Got round one beers. What we got? Round one beers. Here we go. We got some Ghost Cowboy from uh, our returning brewery to the podcast, Hop Farm Brewing. Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. So this is the... <laughs> you got me with that one. <laughs> Hop Farm is uh, out of Lawrenceville in Pittsburgh here, and this is their West Coast IPA. So we should be getting some notes of grapefruit and lemon peel um, as they balance the bitter with a fruity floral... Uh, flavor and it is hopped with centennial and citra my two two of my favorites and there we go and it's coming in at a good six and a half abv i could tell you right now just the color of this thing coming out it's kind of surprising me not this thing is clean i'll tell you what uh hop farm does nothing wrong when it's a traditional styled beer no they know how to they know hit home runs with this and that's for sure and uh, while we're pouring this out, if you want to find what's happened to Hot Farm, all you have to do is search them out on all social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and I do believe they have a Twitter. Uh, they have their untapped rolling, and Hot Farm always has crazy food trucks, a great kitchen on site. Yep. Uh, oh, again, and I always say this, staff, uh, they're incredible. They want to talk beer. They want to talk to you about beer. So, again, search them out on all social media. So, Adam, did you take a sip yet? I just did. What's yes. it like? It is piney as hell, and it's got a nice little... I do get the lemon peel at the end. A nice little citrusy note at the end. And another thing, uh, while Matt takes his sip, they are mostly, almost all, farm-to-table and local. Uh, they're, so their kitchen is incredibly fresh, and their beers are uh, use a lot of local ingredients. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, the citrus on that, the, the lemon in it really sings through uh, the bitterness is not super sharp it's piney but yeah there's a there's so much there's so much uh citrus notes that kind of just permeate through the whole thing it rolls it's very smooth yeah, it just ends on a huge grapefruit note which yeah. is all that that's all that citra hops which beautiful. is beautiful oh phenomenal yeah so we got a good beer thank goodness because we have 
a fantastic card to talk about. So we're going to review AEW's All Out. And I can only tell you right now, they went all out. This card, from front to back, totally stacked. Premieres out the ass. Big talent, big pops, great crowd. Let's get into it. So, as every card for AEW, for All Out, for everything, they always have a buy-in. So the buy-in for this uh, for this card started off with a 10-man tag team match. So you had best friends comprised of Orange Cassie, Chuck Taylor, and Willer Yuta with Jurassic Express uh, being Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, they took on the Hardy family office, which is Matt Hardy, Private Party, the Hybrid 2, uh, and the Blade was accompanying them. I, I think we said this before when we were texting each other. We wish the Blade was in the match. Yeah, sure do. Would have been nice. Um, this was... This is exactly what a 10-man tag team match has to be. Uh, super spot-filled. Uh, at one point, there was uh, a, an elephant chain of submissions. I called it the, the human centipede <laughs> of submissions. <laughs> there were ankle locks and rear naked chokes and just anything yeah. you could possibly think so of. So that was kind of goofy, but yeah. fun for the crowd. And, yeah. and Luchasaurus got to come in and run through. Oh, I'm a big T-Rex. Yeah. Big old Barney. It knocks everything over. So, like, and we said this on the last show, the the baby faces have to go over. This is to get your crowd pumped up and get them ready for uh, the rest of the day. It's, it's like having a comedian come out during, like, a sitcom warm the crowd up. That's kind of what this is. Did a great job, but... Right, and this is free on YouTube, so the people yes. at home, you're also trying to hook them into Absolutely. paying their $50 to watch it. And it worked. There, the sell, uh, the pay-per-view sales for All Out were astronomical, and they said there was a spike whenever people were watching it on YouTube. About five minutes into the YouTube spot, they were seeing more purchases. Yeah, I will say I watched most of the buy-in, at least the beginning and then the match. Um, they had a great piece with CM Punk. They had a great piece with, on Chris Jericho, and they had a good Britt Baker piece all right at the beginning, telling you their story, catching you up with new content, like sit-down interviews with Punk and talking about coming back and – how he felt nervous. It was it was really cool. It was really well produced. Uh, looked kind of like an ESPN piece, and it was cool. It, 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 if I wasn't already buying it, I would have at that I, point. I was just about to say, man, uh, watch it. And again, the vignettes leading up to this 10-man tag, you're right. Totally spot on. Got you pretty thirsty for those matches. I mean, they were smart. They picked Mike Tacticians to get on there and really cut some decent promos. You kind of forget, because everyone talks about CM Punk's pipe bomb promo, but he was going the mic just regular. Like, he just knew how to cut a promo. Um, he really is selling the, I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to be. And then he gets out in the ring, and he's totally fine. Will the people like me? <laughs> Will they still like me? <laughs> so the one cool thing that did happen here in this 10-man uh, tag team match, a very under-the-radar return, uh, the Butcher finally came back. First big return of the night. Yeah. So... Friend of the podcast, of course, because uh, we can't talk about the podcast here without talking about Andy. Andy complains on Twitter. So uh, the butcher comes out, goes right towards Orange Cassidy, makes uh, like a, a neck cutting motion. Like and he has a new tattoo. He has new the new uh, scissors on, on his throat. And I guess he wanted to cut Orange Cassidy's hair. Yep. That's that's what they were going for. So. Don't really know. I mean, if I'm talking about Butcher and Blade, I'm thinking they want to like cut some ham hocks off of them. But they said, you know what? We want that hair, bro. Cut and a shave. That's what they're going to change the name. <laughs> the cut and the shave. So, uh, again, great spots in this match. It built the crowd. The crowd popped uh, for all the spots. It was exactly what you wanted. Um, before we go to the next match here, I just, I just got to say this. I still hate Private Party so much. 
And I still hate Luchasaurus so much. Yeah. Just go away. And I would like Jungle Boy if he just wore different more clothes. Yeah. Just different. <laughs> just different wear. You can wear trunks, just doesn't have to be like the Tarzan cod piece, like it's it's terrible. Just can't take him seriously. Well, I think it looks like what is it, Mowgli from the Jungle Book? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's wearing it up. He's wearing a baby Gap speedo out there, and it's, it's and it's just shit brown. Yeah, it just I don't know. Spice it up, bro. <laughs> uh, moving on to the first match to kick off this pay per view card, and I couldn't have I couldn't think of a better match to get this thing going. Oh, God's favorite champion, the Redeemer, Miro, bringing up the TNT Championship to lay it on the line against our boy, Eddie, the Mad King Kingston. Talk about a perfect match to just get it go. Miro, strong style. Eddie Kingston, strong style. Super stiff, as we thought it was going to be. Heavy strikes in this one. Um, I felt like during this match, though, that Eddie Kingston was kind of playing the comeback. Throughout the entire match, which, I mean, for Christ's sake, that's what you're going to see anyway. But Eddie Kingston got to show off that beautiful exploder suplex. Yeah. Did it twice, I think? Uh, at least versions of a yeah. suplex twice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And, like, big lifts, too. Like, super, super, like, uh, six inches off the mat, full arches. I mean, it, it was fantastic. And it, it was kind of cool to see Eddie Kingston push Miro to his limits. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston doing the scouting, knowing that neck and head trauma <laughs> can take the beast down. Yeah, and he got a lot of offense in like we were hoping last week. Um, he ended up getting the short end of the stick, but they put all the heat on the referee. The referee seemed to cost him the match, which is getting me a little excited, Matt, because in two weeks, they're in Kingston's hometown. Mm -hmm. So will he get a rematch? I hope so. Will we see the belt get put on him in his hometown? The mad king of Queens, oh, as man. you will? Wouldn't that be incredible to see Eddie Kingston get one of his first major titles on national television in his hometown and taking it off of Miro to set up a rubber match, which these guys could wrestle every night. I wouldn't be upset about it. Uh, going back to what you were saying, the, uh, the turnbuckle came into play here where uh, somehow uh, the padding fell off and the referee felt that it was vital that this turnbuckle pad went back on uh, right as Eddie Kingston hit a devastating DDT uh, putting Miro on the ground. Uh, great sell because mm. it looked like Kingston had he, you could count it to six on that one uh, of course referee comes in Mira kicks out and then the spot turned back around where Kingston was going to slam Mira's head off of it like do more head damage like no 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 you can't use that then Mira hits the low blow so it was kind of cool because Mira didn't seem as dominant he had to resort to cheating which right. was pretty awesome I will also say I think Keddy, uh, Keddy, Eddie Kingston um Talked to Kyle O'Reilly at some point this week because he had them crumple physics going on for this match. Miro's selling was great, but Eddie Kingston's were like, he got shot every time he got hit with a strike. Especially that finishing kick. He just crumpled. Yeah. Perfect. Great job, Eddie. I, I, yeah, I want to see that rematch. And it looks like they're building up to it, too. The promo they cut yesterday on uh, on Dynamite. Looks There's like going to be something huge for him in New York, I have a feeling. Yeah, big collision course. Uh, so we move on to uh, John Moxley taking on uh, Satoshi Kojima. Uh, again, I'm not going to apologize for what I did last time. I thought I said that really well. And <laughs> Clearly I, you said it better that way. Than well, that's why I said I can't just – I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, so Kojima uh, is known across the world for just very stiff, uh, strong style match. Uh, the, the lariat, you know. It, it's supposed to take your head off, and it does actually. It, it's given 
big man concussions. I mean, this. let's be honest here. This is scripted fighting. But God damn it, Kojima has the stiffest lariat you're ever going to have. Uh, so as you would expect in this singles match between these two, I would say strong style kind of guys, uh, very stiff, forearm shivers for days. If you were serving him up, it would have been three for one over at Bennigan's. I mean, it Moxley serving up to Kojima, Kojima eating him and trying to trying to work towards that right arm lariat. Uh, it was kind of – I wanted to see it. You yeah. never got to and see it. You never it. got to see it. He came close and missed. Yeah. And it got countered into a German, I believe, by yes. Moxley. So. Uh, and great job there. Hit the too. left arm to one, but yes. never hit the right. Never hit that concussive one. I want the dynamite, baby. Give me that right arm lariat. Hopefully, there'll be another time here where Kojima will still be in AEW because I think he may have some more time over here in America. Maybe he'll get out there and he'll close like Marco Stunt or something. Make him do like eight cartwheels. Don't play with my dreams like that. <laughs> you know you, you want to see him clothesline. Stegosaurus or Luchasaurus. <laughs> yes. No, I was thinking Excalibur. Somehow he's in the... He's gone, though. Yeah. He's getting married. Ooh. To, to a, uh, another yeah. mask. Probably. Wrestler, probably. Someone else who wears a mask that's too small for the face and says racist shit when the mics are off. But not really, though. So, uh, so John Moxley... Goes distance with Kojima, defeats him. Par- big paradigm shift too, by the way, like the old school New Japan Pro Wrestling style. Yeah, top of the head, uh, just beautiful. And then Adam, who comes out, Minotaro Suzuki. Minotaro Suzuki, as uh, the guys on Wrestling Talk, Wrestle Talk called him, uh, murderous grandpa came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suzuki, it, just again another just legend in Japan, known across the world for strong style. Uh, to be one of the most sadistic, uh, not deathmatch guys though. He's just he's more of a straight match style guy, but he's just strong style. No, but he's like a shoot wrestler yeah. and uh, pancrease guy too. Like he he's a real fighter um, back in his younger days, as well as a legit badass pro wrestler. Yeah, so. and he looks crazy. He has that weird. You ever in RoboCop like three? Whenever like uh, they had the the cyborg, the bad one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the bad one, but like when he got his he got his face kind of popped, like he got punched real quick. Yeah, he yeah. made that like real plasticky smile. It's creepy as shit. Fucking Suzuki does that. He just has that. face. He just has yeah. that face. It scares the shit out of me. So John Moxley, it, you know, of course, this past Wednesday took on Suzuki. It was, it was a great match. Uh, I think the balance between Kojima and Suzuki. It's really showing how John Moxley is using the forbidden door to his advantage. Uh, I think that he's using it the way it needs to be used. To bring talent that uh, you know American audience wouldn't normally see, and also this, uh, this has got to be a dream lineup for John Moxley. I mean, yeah, just getting to bring in yeah. whoever's coming to America. Basically, you're just having like fantastic fantasy matches with your heroes. It's got to be incredible. Uh, speaking of our heroes, our hero, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, brought out the AEW Women's World Championship against Chris Statlander. Uh, we were kind of wondering who Statlander was going to bring out with her and being Orange Cassidy, which plays a significant role later on in the match in a cool little spot. But, uh, of course, Britt Baker was side-carded by Jamie Hayter and Rebel Not Reba. Um, you kind of knew there was going to be outside interference to a certain degree here. Um, but I think it was – this is one of the times here where the ring is surrounded by people and you're waiting for the interference to happen, but it never really does. It, it was – 
it was quite a swerve, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great writing on their part. They let uh, Britt Baker be the wrestler you know she could be. Um, Statlander is no slouch. Uh, the back and forth between these two is fantastic. I thought Britt Baker was able to hit uh, some spots, but she made it look like she couldn't quite get the full power into the spot, which gave Statlander like that little edge on the one-on-one. Uh, Statlander hit some great offense here. Um, she's so strong. I can't believe how strong Statlander is. And I have to say the crowd really took to her, even though this was kind of a rushed storyline, I would say. Um, but they still were cheering for her, rooting against the heel. The Chicago crowd was really good all night about cheering for the good guys and booing the bad guys or yeah. girls. And uh, this was a great example of that. And Statlander is a is a pro. She is a future champion. Just yeah. Was, like we talked about last week, a little too soon. Yeah, this match was predictable. You kind of knew Britt Baker was going to bring it out. But the way they, uh, the way Britt Baker was written in to win this match was incredible because she had to reach back into her bag of tools here. And she pulled out the Pittsburgh Sunrise, which we haven't seen since when she first came on the scene and she was a baby face. <laughs> so now she's the baddest bitch on the block. And she's like, how am I going to defeat this alien? Because that's what Statlander thinks that she is weird. That's one. I wish, I hope the Statlander changes that. I'm not a big fan of the alien thing, much like I'm not a fan of the Luchasaurus thing. She either has to play it up more or lose it. She's like not committing to it. And it just looks, the face paint just looks stupid. Then, Yeah. It looks like when Jim Carrey was getting into the chair for the mask and he's like, stop right there with the paint. And she's good (laughs) enough. She doesn't need the gimmick. That's, that's the thing. Like, she just doesn't need to do that. It'd be cool if she went to like more of like a like a punk rock kind of thing. Like if she was just like I'm just badass. Like and that would fit in with the whole best friends thing, just kind of being like jean jacket, like white snake style kind of punk. You know, oh, there you go. that'd be kind of cool. A little hair metal, yeah, hair metal Statlander, hair metal Statlander. I'd put a belt on that. Uh, so, like I said, Britt Baker came out and she hit the uh, the devastating Pittsburgh Sunrise and was able to roll through to get the uh, what she calls it the it's not the mandible claw what does she call it now I forget the lockjaw the lockjaw puts in the lockjaw Chris Statlander sells the lockjaw very well she she acts as if she completely like she's exhausted she's passed out it's over she can barely tap out great match here great push for Statlander great clean win for Britt Baker she isn't she's she needs her people to interfere. But she showed that she can wrestle a full match without outside interference. You missed the you missed the big part though. What was that? When Orange Cassidy turned into Mick from Rocky. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> you mentioned it at the beginning. So at one point, Statlander gets thrown to the outside and she's she's out and she's gotta beat this eight count. And it gets to like six. And Cassidy's just standing there all cool. And all of a sudden he tears off the sunglasses and says, get up, get up. You can do more damage. And she jumps in right before the 10, which is like really cool. A man that's shown little to no emotion for the two years AEW has been around to break it for this match. And it completely worked. Yeah. Crowd. The crowd. Get up. Orange loves you, kid. (laughs) So we move on to what could arguably be one of the best matches of 2021, if not the best match of 2021, uh, the Lucha Brothers, Penta Acero Miedo, and Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahantes taking on the Young Bucks. Uh, they brought Brandon Cutler, but you knew everyone else was kind of waiting in the wings there too. In a steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Now, 
One thing we said in the last episode, we prayed for the health of Ray Phoenix. But honestly, Penta got his ass kicked a lot. Penta took a lot of damage. Yeah. He uh this match was uh you know, both these teams kind of get uh, a little bit of heat because they're considered to be spot teams or not like cycling tag teams, tag team wrestling in its purest form. Um, but I think at this point, when you're looking at the way tag team wrestling needs to go to get more of the spotlight, this is the way that if it goes this way, it also makes it feel like a, like an FTR, like a Viking Raiders, how they do hot cycle tags. It makes you appreciate it, but you don't need it all the time. Well, when you, that's what I usually don't like about Young Bucks matches. But the stipulation in this negated that. Yeah. Which, and just let me enjoy the match. Because it was tornado tag rules. Mm-hmm. It was in a steel cage. No holds barred. Double team. All the fuck you want. Because that's what the rules stipulated. Yep. So I could ignore that and shut that part of my brain off and just enjoy the video game that was happening in that yes. cage. <laughs> um, it was it was incredible. So I will I will say like my this is my favorite Young's Young Bucks match I've ever seen, especially in AEW. I'd have to go back into the history books to see if there was something before that. But the, yeah, this match was incredible. Um, and a really cool thing about how they shot it over other steel cage matches, they actually had a cameraman in the one corner. Yeah. So you got a really clear view of most of the match. Yeah. And it looked great. I was worried for a second because when the match first kicked off, you didn't have that corner, that quarter angle camera. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to watch this whole thing through a fence. I was getting nervous. Or like the overhead, the Cody cam. Right. It was overhead. And then as soon as it cut to that camera, it was pretty quick, the transition through the camera. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Perfect. Great job. Um, the spot that I have to talk about, I and mean, then the one spot that's clearly everyone's talking about that is Ray Phoenix going off the absolute top of the cage i want to talk about two things one how quickly all of these men were able to scale the cage you know it's always like take your time not the the jackson brothers they looked like spider monkeys they would just hop skip jump up ray phoenix quicker than a hiccup good old jr uh and then penta he's no slouch either that dude was tightrope walking dude is fantastic the spot where penta slid in front of Ray Phoenix to take the loaded super kick with the thumbtack. Thumbtack Jordan. Oh, my God. The shaking his head, no, don't hurt my brother, and then just takes it, boom, right in the forehead. What a what a spot. Because he, if you look back at it and you look at some of the replays, th- these guys must have had a handshake agreement in the back. Like, don't hold back. No. He, it, kicked, he kicked those thumbtacks <laughs> into his face and tore his flesh. Like, tore yes. the mask, tore his flesh. He's bleeding under the mask, which looked awesome. It was yeah. the best visual of the night. Um, but yeah, just an incredible, like, sacrificial lamb spot. The older brother protecting the younger brother, who was pretty much down and out at that point. Yeah, really cool spot. Of course, followed by the second spot with <laughs> Penta doing a running soccer kick on the top of the cage and then jumping off it. Amazing. Because this is just too stable. I need to yeah. jump off. It's like, uh, this is like a good spot to go from. And it's cool, too, because Penta's, like, tapping on Ray and, like, pointing to the top of the cage, like, this is your moment, it's man. Time. <laughs> it's time to take everybody out. When Penta kicks out of the, the BTE trigger, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. And then the ramp up to the finish. Like, the finish to the end of the – like, people kind of thought it was kind of rushed. I thought it was, like, the Lucha Brothers found that last surge of energy. They're like, all right, get all done. And then stuff pile driver to the pin. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this match, match was great. And it was 22 minutes, so yeah. nothing was 
rushed, but it was action packed. It did not feel like 22 minutes no, at all. Not at all. Um, and then after the match, they're celebrating. Never been happier to be wrong, by the way. I thought the Young Bucks were taking this. You called this one. Yeah, um, never been happier to be wrong. Because, uh, yeah, the the Lucha Brothers are celebrating in the ring. Uh, bloody, ha- put the belts on them. And then Ray Phoenix starts going up the ramp. But you're like, where the, where the heck is Penta? Yeah. <laughs> and his three daughters come down and hug him. And there's, like, they have, of course, they wore their, like, white sweaters. Yep. <laughs> so there's their dad's blood all over them. And they're crying because they're making sure he's okay. Yeah. And it, it was just, it, I don't have kids, but it was a touching moment for me. I, I was like, wow, this was a really good match. And that just, like, put the stamp on it. Oh, yeah. You can tell everyone's kind of like, okay, guys, we got to get the hell out of here. You can see Penta's, like, trying to wave them into the ring. Everyone's like, no, no, we got to go, we got to go. And then he, he's like, nah, man. I just won these tag team titles in probably the best match of my career. My kids are getting bloody hugs. <laughs> Raise the cage slower. We'll work it out. Take it off the Paul White match. <laughs> I have a theory about that match, by the way, when we get to it. Yes, but uh, to close this one out, I don't know if we have it in our notes later. Are we doing – oh, never mind. We're doing it later. Yeah. You I'm not going to say nothing. You save it. So we move on to the 21-woman Casino Battle Royale for a future AEW Women's World Championship match. Now, I have criticisms about this one. Oh, because your dumb dumb picks didn't make it to the end. Ty Conte made it very, very far in this match. You stop it. But do you like that I predicted what's happening there? There's definitely a tag team forming between the two girls who thought were going to win it. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, I think the one thing that was kind of like great pacing by this, by the way, I have no problem with the action inside the ring. I thought that all the spots looked pretty good. And I think a match of like this, like a clusterfuck, just feel good match where you get to see a bunch of your favorites was great to follow up the extreme emotion we just saw in the last. Yeah. You needed a palate cleanser of sorts. And that's what this was. The thing that I didn't like here is that you kind of had, you have storylines that are in uh, uh, over the top match like this and the the women's division so fractured over the four different shows that you kind of don't know what's going on like I had no idea that Big Swole had a feud with anybody right now I thought she was out with an injury I thought she just came back yeah. to be honest I so wasn't sure. there are feuds all over the place Rio has a feud with um, oh gosh she went she went straight after uh, Nyla Rose Nyla Rose yeah, yeah. there's all, all these feuds I didn't know about them because they're not really getting the push you know so I'm just going to fast forward to the, the spots that I really like at the end here. Uh, Ty Conte was doing a great job uh, with Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, and, uh, of course, the debuting Ruby Soho, who came out to thunderous applause and pops, as she should. So those last four women are in. Uh, I liked how... I liked how Ty Conte was able to hang on for as long as she did because I, I agree with you, Adam. She's right there, but she's not ready yet. Yeah, she's she's on the cusp. Um, she just I, needs a little more crowd backing, and not yeah. that she doesn't have it, but she just needs that like yeah. rocket strap to her. And I, I think I think she's getting there. But I think another thing that you said too, there's a, there's a big tease about new titles and stuff coming through. And I think that you're right. If they debut a women's tag team championship match, she's best to be tied up with Anna J to get those titles. That's a great uh, stepping stone for her to go to the next level. And for Anna J too, she's just coming back from major injury and right. surgery, and yeah. So. It goes down to two incredible women, Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa. I actually thought the Thunder Rosa was going to win this one. I really did. I when did it, for a second, too. Yeah. Uh, only because, you know, AEW does a pretty good job of not letting the newly debuting people take it right off the rip. That's really not what they do. But you know what? 
I think Tony Khan kind of read the room and knew, like, imagine Ruby Soho and Britt Baker, the history they have breaking into the business and everything. It's it's going to sell. It's and you got sell. two months before the next pay-per-view, so you need this, like, in-between yeah. match. Hopefully Thunder Rosa gets in there before full gear. <laughs> yeah. That's my saving grace. But uh, my one thing about this match that I took away, um, which was nothing that even happened in the match. It was, again, with the crowd. It was clear and we knew here, we pretty much knew she was debuting. The crowd clearly knew. Um, and in the competition, WWE, if a secret gets out of a debuting superstar, they swerve the crowd and everybody gets disappointed. So this surprise was clearly ruined. Everybody knew she was there. And the pop was huge. Yep. It was gigantic. And they, I think they did right when the pop's that huge and everything's clicking. Even if Thunder Rosa was scheduled to win that maybe they switched it in the ring yeah. i don't know but it was a great choice to have her come in and then still be strong yeah because like why debut a big name who got the biggest pop of the match and then throw him right out like, yeah at, at least they put her in the last two which is at least what she should have gotten right but to yeah. win it i don't i don't see a problem with that i don't see a problem with it either um it's just i guess i've been like you said i've been jaded by WWE for so long. Yeah, they get AJ Styles to come into the Royal Rumble and they throw him out at like number 12. Right. Like, like, like what did he come in for? Right. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I was, I don't know. I was so happy to see it happen. Uh, and I'm so happy that I'm, I'm sitting here today knowing that Ruby Soho has a great home in AEW. But I'm also so impressed that, is it just safe to say that the fans just love wrestling? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's good decisions and they're actually giving them what they want of course you can't always give the fans what they want you gotta just dis not disappoint them but you gotta let the bad guy win sometimes hungry. yeah but to give them mostly what they want and what smart fans want to see yeah it's great and what a great is a lucha brothers taking home those tag titles and then ruby soho coming out and winning this uh casino battle royale you 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 are you're sandwiching what needs to happen with fan service and and that kind of leads into the next thing and this is why this next match to me was kind of a mystery because we had chris jericho taking on mjf and you and i had some very you know i think intelligent takes on this where we said why would mjf win three times to lose one time uh chris jericho has a lot of things outside of the ring he's getting involved with there are, and there's lots of things here that would make sense. Chris Jericho is phenomenal at searching for talent. He's great on the commentary table. Um, a good manager, even yeah. outside the ring. Right. Like, he's led the pinnacle. I mean, look, Sammy Guevara still has – like, he came out last night on Dynamite, didn't wrestle, just got a push. Like, he just – like, everyone popped for him. Chris Jericho touches things, and he kind of turned to gold. Or he at least gives them the avenue here. Um, But – I. Okay, Chris Jericho defeats MJF by submission. The submission was cool. I mean, I love the Walls of Jericho, the Lion Tamer, whatever you want to call it. It was the Walls of Jericho. He tried to go Lion Tamer. tamer he couldn't do it. Too fast. Yeah. Uh, and, and the caveat, I'm kind of like beside myself a little bit here because I love Chris Jericho. I've said it before a million times. I love Chris Jericho. I really like MJF too. Uh, but Chris Jericho, I don't know, man. I feel like he needed to lose this match. I did, too. Uh, I'm gonna just going to go through the highlights of the match real quick. MJF yeah. selling was phenomenal. Yes. Um, his heat seeker to the to the outside was really good. Sick. And he hit. He didn't hit the Asahi moonsault, but he did an Asahi moonsault and landed on his feet. This man's not known for even jumping off the top rope, let alone hitting a moonsault, springboard moonsault to the outside. 
Phenomenal stuff from MJF. And the best part of the match was MJF's entrance. Yes. Where he just oh. trolled the whole crowd with the Jericho cl- countdown clock from when he came in in the Attitude Era. And it counts down from like 15 to yeah. zero. And then it fla- where it would normally flash Jericho, it flashed Jericho's last match. And the whole crowd just fucking flung shit at him. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, they were so pissed. And then I knew the next entrance... When it was so piddly piddly, so Jericho had his shitty lead guitar player Rick Fosby. Boogs, <laughs> Rick Boogs Light, <laughs> play him to the ring, and it was the one of the worst live yeah entrances I've ever seen. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, "This can't be his retirement match. This is bullshit. Yeah, he's so you, winning." So you I, have, as soon as that as soon yeah. as that entrance happened, I was like, "He's fucking." He's going to win. Fuck. <laughs> so you saw the spoiler alert from a mile away. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> name is Rick Boone. As soon as the crowd was like, Judas and... Ju-, and it's just... Blah, 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 and you can't even hear the crowd. I'm like, this isn't... This is fucking awful. Like, he plays for Fozzie. I know he has a noise gate pedal, and I know he has an ESP guitar. Why does it sound like you're playing a Hello Kitty guitar from Walmart? He left him at home. He definitely did. Wow. I haven't played... That kind of guitar in, I don't know, 10 years. And I could probably hit that solo better than he did. Oh, Oh, that was tough. Um, Jericho, man, I think Jericho needs time away from the ring right now. And I hope that's what's going to happen here. And MJF needs to find somebody and not Brian Pillman Jr. Despite the fact that he, I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird angle they shot on Wednesday. It was really good. But I just, I mean, if he's trying to elevate Pillman with him, that's. Yeah, so Brian Pillman Jr. is going to fight. on Friday, right? A rampage. Right. Which they'll still be in Cincinnati. Because I think they yeah. taped it yeah. on Wednesday because I saw the results already. And he's going <laughs> <laughs> to fight Sean Spears. Correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. Not old Ricky Starks. Not, old Not Ricky young Starks. Ricky Starks. <laughs> Sean Spears. So we move on to a match that everyone was anticipating here. The return of CM Punk as he takes on Darby Allen. Um, first and foremost, let me just tell you right now. Um, that I knew the pop for both guys was going to be over the top here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I was most surprised by, and I shouldn't have been, is the crowd chose sides. Darby Allen's really not a heel, but he was treated like one. Uh, he didn't quite get the same pop that he normally would as a babyface, but that's kind of okay. I mean, CM Punk's coming out in front of his home crowd. Yeah, and- I mean, he's the he's the away team. Like, yeah. There's not a good or bad team in a sport. It's home there's, and away. Yeah, it's home yeah. and away, and he was the away team. And he he's, he faced a debuting, not CM Punk, but CM Pants. Yeah. What happened to his trunks? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, are those tearaways? I kind of liked them, to be honest. I don't know, man. They kind of threw me for a loop. I kept thinking, like, okay, so when are those things going to become shorts? <laughs> it's definitely better than his ROH gear, which was just, like, basketball shorts. <laughs> he's like, I went to Kmart real quick. I got some basketball shorts, and, I, and my mom taped my wrists for me. <laughs> So, this match was everything you didn't think it was going to be. It was kind of slow. It was a slow start, and I texted you like, mm, this is looking cl- like yeah. slow, but not clunky. Just like, it seemed like they needed to work out spots. Like, there were a lot of headlocks and, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, collar and elbow tie-ups and stuff towards the beginning. Um, and it just, it went from that, and it didn't really change, but it went more technical yeah. towards the middle, and I started to enjoy it. And then Darby started to get in some of his high-flying stuff. Yes. And was very urgent about staying away from Punk's go-to-sleep finisher. Yes. And I thought the psychology ended up getting really good. I think CM Punk needs a little more just in-ring time yeah. to get his his kind of feeling back for the ring. 
But uh, I was not disappointed by the end of no, it. No, no. I thought one of the coolest spots, too, like you were saying how Darby was trying to stay away from the go to sleep uh, when CM Punk hit it the first time and <laughs> Darby Allen flew out of the ring like a crash test. He did the me. little boot scoot boogie yeah. right out of the ring. I'm not getting pinched. He literally he's you think because here's the thing darby allen in comparison to other wrestlers he's small but you kind of forget that he's not small compared to like an average dude and he was able to get real compact and go through the middle and top rope like like a slingshot it was pretty cool and he did it on that turnbuckle whip too i've seen him do it in other matches where he like whips between the turnbuckles and nails his back on the insane post i'll tell you what CM Punk look good at 43 wrestling. Darby Allen will not. Allen Dar- wrestling like this. Darby Allen's not going to be alive at 43. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, killer match. My favorite part of the match. I was watching it with my wife, and at the end of the match, CM Punk's like, you know, hamming it up for the crowd. She goes, "Damn, dude needs some eye cream." <laughs> and I looked, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, he's got the sacks like a Rhodes. He looks like Dusty or Dustin. Yeah. He got the big bags." But, uh, you know, he aged a little bit. But I thought he looked good, and yeah. I think it will only get better. Yeah. Um, Wednesday night on Dynamite, looked like they're setting him up for a match with somebody from Team Taz. Yeah. Looks like maybe starting with Hobbs. All of Taz. All of Team Taz, it looks I'm like. I'm fine with that. Get him yeah. through it and finish it with Ricky Starks. Yeah, and that I think that's what's going to build to. That's going to be a fantastic or match. Or get Taz's meatball ass up for him, <laughs> go to sleep. You know what's crazy, man? You, I, they, they played, like... Uh, some old Taz clips before about like how he was like he was in phenomenal. Oh, he was shape. a badass yeah. in ECW. And then they're like, he's then, my favorite wrestler. In ECW. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, pump the brakes on that one. W- one of that's the Sandman's the best one. No, yeah, Taz, Taz is better than Sandman. Drunk, drunk Uncle Randy. All right, we're doing a Mount Rushmore <laughs> at some point. Uh, so I mean, great match here. Uh, and this is where my theory comes into play. Okay, because the next match was stupid. Let's just get out of the way now. Paul White, formerly known as The Big Show, taking on QT Marshall uh, with Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado uh, from The Factory. Here's my take on this. Was the match good? It happened exactly like I said it would, yes, by the way. It did. Was the match good? No. Was it too long? No. Was it necessary? Yes. No. The, the reason why it was, the reason why it was. Oh, for everybody to calm, get some popcorn. Everyone calm down. <laughs> yep. It's it's not of value. It's, you just had, look at all the emotion. It was the right, it was the right around, right amount of length. Because if this yes. thing went over five minutes, your crowd's falling asleep. Yes. Like, oh, it's too long. Yeah, it was, it was too much. So, I mean, you look at it, you, you look at all, you got built up here. I mean, the Britt Baker, Statler match wasn't super strong, but like, Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks, Ruby Soho debut, Chris Jericho and MJF, CM Punk debuting, and then you then you're gonna try to go right into Kenny. Yeah. You, you need that little breakup. So there. I saw some vitriol on online about this being placed where it was placed, and it's like if the match is gonna happen, they put it in the right spot yeah. for the right amount of time, like you said. If it's gotta happen, that's what this is where you shove it. I mean, there's no there's no way you can put any other match between these two and have the flow that this did. Paul White and QT Marshall. Here's the thing, though, too. QT people sleep on QT Marshall. He's a really good in-ring tactician. Like he's right. he's solid. He's just got zero charisma. Yeah, he's got none. He's got the charisma of a fucking st- like what his plant. charisma are as good as Big Show's knees. <laughs> yep. And if you don't know what we're talking about, them fuckers are shot, dude. He needs like the the uh, little Jimmy freaking <laughs> leg braces. Like his the knees, Gumps. his knees are touching. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like he... He is oh, knock neat as hell. He has just legs. There are no knees. It's just pieces. Yeah, poor dude. Yeah. Uh, Paul White, 
it looks like he he kind of kept his weight off though. I mean, like weight wise, he looked okay. He did not look his worst. No, he didn't. His when he's looked his looking worst. looking at you in two thousand six. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, this match was a place where it needed to be. Paul White defeats QT Marshall. Um, I think this is dead. I, I didn't I see so. much after that. Or just keep that shit on elevation right. or whatever. Because um, the other thing, too, Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado, they do need their reps and to have a good. Yeah, but they just got something. smacked and choke slammed. Like, they're not. Yeah, because Paul White is forever. I mean, they got some exposure on TV, at least, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. We go on to the main event here with Kenny Omega, the belt collector, bringing the AEW World Championship with Don Callis, that carny bastard, taking on Christian Cage. Uh, Christian Cage came up by himself. He had no assistance, which you already kind of knew from the door. Like, that's not good for you. Um, I could watch Kenny Omega and Christian Cage wrestle each other every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and every other Sunday and be fine with it. I'm hmm. totally fine with it. Oh, we differ there. Yeah, I know we would. But I think that the way that Christian Cage can sell and the way Kenny Omega can pitch all of his moves, you're just looking at two guys that play well off each other to the point where, like, you know Christian Cage is going to get his ass beat, and you know that he's going to have to try to, like, climb back into it. That's his gimmick, outwork everybody. And that's exactly what happened here. Kenny Omega, throw like, those Snapdragon suplexes, second to none, man. I'm not saying it was a bad match. I'm yeah. just saying I've seen this match twice, and I'm good. Yeah. Like, I don't think they can do – I don't think they can do more. I think their first match was better than this match, to be honest. I don't know, man. Not live, because it wasn't that – it was okay live. Yeah. But seeing it on TV, I thought there was more fire for that first match. And maybe it's because the crowd was there for an hour and a half instead of four yeah. hours. But Well, also, too, I think – I think whenever someone knows they're dropping a belt to somebody and someone knows they're getting a belt from somebody, there might be a little more piss and well, vinegar there. Yeah. Um, but Here's I, the thing. Yeah. Could you imagine if this card remained the same and this match was Adam Page instead of Christian? <laughs> this pay-per-view <laughs> oh would go down in history as one of the best. Yeah. That's it, what I'm saying. To, not saying. I'm Not saying it's a bad thing, but we already saw this match. We already yeah. saw Omega lose one belt to him. Yes. We knew what was happening. Yeah, a predictable game. But still a good match. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not the most exciting thing on the card. But no, on the a card? Great match, right? No. Right. Oh, right. God, no. The, the, this card is stacked top to bottom. It's just weird that they end. Not yeah. weird that they ended with it. They kind of had to, but. Yeah. It just. It didn't. I don't know what I'm. It just ended on. You felt the like, match ended yeah. kind of on a cold note. You felt like it was vanilla. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. But it's not. I mean, the table spots were great. Yeah. The finish was phenomenal. Because yeah. the finish is. Kenny Omega hitting the one-winged angel off the Avalanche. second tur- Yeah, off the yeah. second turnbuckle. Which is funny because Christian Cage went up to hit the kill switch off of yes. like the top. And I was like, he's 47. He's not going to be able to pull that <laughs> off. Like That's going to kill him. And then he takes the one-winged angel instead. And I'm like, holy That's shit. way worse. Yeah. <laughs> After doing that table spot where he like gigged himself on the ribs. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had some weird breaking tables in that match. But. Yeah. Like the the, the, arm, like the legs of the table were coming up through the, yeah. the plywood. Yeah. It was re- like, that was that's the most dangerous I've seen tables since the Dudley boys are putting everybody through fucking tables. Yeah, they got a they got a gimmick from tables up. <laughs> yeah, hey, T- hey, TK, you got money, man. Go, go get fix a little saw. Tables. Just yeah. saw them in the middle. A, a little, little bit more. in the middle there. Put some. You put some scotch tape on the middle. You prep Unscrew it. Unscrew the legs a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it was a good match. I'm not going to go blow for blow for it because I was in and out of it. But. Yeah, no, and I don't blame you for that one. I think you hit 
the golden spots of it. The table spot was fantastic. The avalanche, one-winged angel, because it made it feel like Kenny Mega had to hit the avalanche, right. one-winged angel to right. put Christian away. You could see Kenny does a good job, too, about selling panic. He sells right. panic in a match just as well as Christian Cage sells getting hit. Right. Um, and you could tell that Omega was selling the panic. He knew he had to do something big, and that's when he was able to reverse Very little that. interference. Like, the Good Brothers yeah. came down and were jumped up on the ring apron and were out yeah. of it pretty quick. Like, they didn't really play into the end of the match. Which was good. I, I wanted that, too. Because that also leaves Christian Cage intact to go lead Impact. That's going to be his gig. Go go help Impact, uh, which they need it. Their, their viewership is strong for what they are, but they're only bringing in 100,000 people on Thursdays. You want to beef that up, and that's what AEW is trying to do, and Christian Cage can do that. Um, and then you move on to some just showstoppers. What everybody was waiting for, which yes. I also think is why the match fell a little flat. Everybody knew somebody was coming. Yeah. The, I was going to say the crowd was a little docile for a championship match. And let me just say this. I wasn't ready for the first debut. I wasn't. I thought that the second debut was going to happen, and I did. I thought that the first one was going to happen the following week. Yeah, by the end of the pay per view, I thought that too. I thought yes. the first debut. I thought one of those two guys were going to come out after the Punk match. Yes, which Kenny Omega gets on the microphone. He says, "What a great night!" And it's the only way I can finish it. Just so you guys know, there's no one that can beat me. They're either not here, retired, or they're already dead. And I fucking hate his mic skills, by the way. Adam Cole's music hits. The crowd goes fucking mental. I mean, that crowd popped as hard as it did for CM Punk. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. Adam Cole comes down looking like he has the weight of the world taken off of his shoulders. He looks fantastic. He looks at ease. Um, he does what he does best, gets in the ring, pretends like he's going to start taking on the elite. Like, oh, no. Big fucking super kick the jungle boy ate that Perfect. shit big Perfect. old foot sandwich and then it gets the double kiss from the young bucks which is a great visual they yes. they had it plastered all over dynamite last night for all the promos it's gonna be a stuff. shirt it's yeah. gonna be a it's shirt gotta be. Yeah. his face was so freaking geeked on that it was perfect yeah. he's so happy uh and like, adam cole like what a pickup i mean that's right the acquisitions so far in AEW have been phenomenal. Adam Cole just bolsters the elite. And, of course, and you know. Thank God they yeah. put him on the heel side. Yeah. Oh, babyface Adam Cole is not what it's I want to see. Okay, when he's against Pat McAfee. But other than that, get yeah. the fuck off my team. Don't need it. I want him cocky, and I want him kicking people in the face. Right. So, just as you think the elite cannot be stopped, there's no one left to challenge Kenny Omega, you hear the Bomber Brigade hit. Brian fucking danielson comes out to thunderous applause pop equal to adam cole looking like he just fell out of like a fucking a and e like ages like a m or whatever the, what the fuck that's the place called hollister, hollister. Wh whatever hollister what? falling out of the same barber chair as brock lesnar yeah <laughs> they have a Le similar man button mini brock lesnar comes out he's looking great by the way Oh, he looks, yeah. He looks jacked. Looking jacked. Looking good. Comes right down to the ring, and he is in the American Dragon persona. Hostile, aggressive, ready to just talk shit. And you get to see him wind up to that yes knee. That That's one of the coolest, like, the running strikes. It's that and the Claymore kick to me. Which are 
basically the same thing. One's yeah. just a knee. One leads with a knee. One leads with a foot. Yeah, but it's a it's a similar propulsion. I just I think that the cl- I think that they match each other because the claimer kick comes from a guy who's like three hundred pounds. Right, and it looks devastating, and that yes kick comes like from. A ninja just going yeah. a thousand miles an hour just, <laughs> crack cocaine baby Woo! and if you get the right person to sell it and flip it enough yep. it's perfect which omega can do Ooh, i wish it's coming up on me oh my goodness <laughs> so yeah liked everything about the danielson debut except yeah. who they kind of like teamed him up with there at the end of the pay-per-view it always happens because it's bujasaurus and yeah jungle cuck yeah, and it's how it's going to be. And Christian, which is yeah. cool. And then on Wednesday, Kazarian joined them, which yes. I'm okay with that, too. The elite killer. Yeah. Just hate Jurassic Express. Well, the thing is, Jurassic Express is going to be that team that's going to be... They're all they're the eternal good guy until the eventual heel turn from one of them, which I can only assume is going to be Jungle Boy. He's going to have to turn heel to get oh, I hope so. the, enough heat uh, to finally get out of the whole, you know, Maybe. I lit... I live in a jungle, but I'm from Beverly Hills, Get kind some of thing. Goddamn mic skills. Yes, please. Whenever you grab the microphone and you you hold it like this over top, and you're trying to talk through your fingers, and it gets you. That's not it. Like just right there, we lost two listeners. Your father was an actor. Watch some tape. Yeah. So Adam, like every card we cover here uh, from any promotion, we want to make sure we break down the match of the night, the piss card, uh, piss break of the card. And then the wrestler of the night. So, Adam, I kind of already know where you're going to go with this, but what is your match of the night? My match of the night is the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. And it's um, maybe not, maybe my definitely my favorite match of this decade because we only have a few years. Yeah. Um, and probably not my favorite tag team match ever, but quite possibly my favorite steel cage match ever. It, it's like, up there. It's like that and Brett versus Owen Hart. Oh, yeah. And I'll have to see how this one ages. I'll watch it again in six months and see if yeah. it stacks to the, the hearts in the steel cage. But phenomenal match. Um, best match in AEW ever. I, I think you're, it's almost sacrilege to even hear someone say that a cage match is better than Owen and Brett. It's but close. It's, it's fucking close. So my match of the night, since you took the one that I think everybody would have picked, I'm actually going to go with the Miro-Eddie Kingston match. I felt that it had great pacing, a great finish, and both guys were able to put on a display of power uh, where they both kind of fell into different rhythms. No, no, Miro became that. the underdog out of nowhere, having to do low blow shit, and Eddie Kingston became a dominant force. Yeah, if I couldn't pick the tag match, I would go there, Britt yeah. Baker, probably. Those, yeah. those two matches were incredible. So uh, you always have the, the greatest, but you also have the worst. So what is your piss break of the card? So I'm disqualifying the Paul White match because that – Yes. was supposed to be the piss break. Yeah. So my piss break of the night is Jericho and MJF. You've been reading my mind. Yeah. You've been reading You can my pick mind. the same one because there's not anything that's... I was going to say, there's nothing else on this card if we're not I mean, allowing... the Moxley match was a little slow, but it was still hard-hitting. It was way better than the Jericho and MJF Yeah, and, and Moxley got the hit like the New Japan yeah, style. Yeah, it was, it was nowhere yeah. near a piss break match. No, it was no. just like... like Seventh place in a race of ten yeah. medalists. Like. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to land on the same place as you. I think Jericho and MJF, uh, since we can't say Paul White, QT Marshall. But again, too, Paul White, QT Marshall had its place. And I, I think it's appropriate for where it was. So I, I, I think I wouldn't even pick it as the piss break of the match if I had to put them up against each other. Because just the way the placement was on the card, it would elevate it. Uh, wrestler of the night. Now, you have a lot of people here to pick from. And I think I know who you're going to pick. I just want to see here. Who, who do you have? You probably think you know, but I don't know if you know. Oh, you you didn't know? Penta says 
<laughs> the wrestler of the night was Eddie Kingston. In oh, my book, you took Eddie Kingston. Yeah, on? I think he was incredible. Wonderful. Oh man, he was my he was my favorite. I don't know if he was technically the best. I thought he sold great. I thought he got a lot of offense in. He didn't look winded until the very end when he was pretty much supposed to, because he was getting a beaten. Um, I think he looked great, and he that opening match usually goes to your high flyers or a high paced tag team match for two big dudes to get in there and open the card as wonderfully as that match did. Yeah. I give a lot of credit to Eddie. Yeah. He's, he sold the ability to be uh, a fantastic opponent for what seemed to be the immovable object. So I'm actually going to take a quick swerve on this one because uh, it was an up and comer on this one. I'm going to give the Chris Statlander on my side only because uh, she put on a great solid match with Britt Baker where Britt Baker had to be driven to reach into her old repertoire. So Chris Tetlinger put on a great match, and I think she even sold her loss well. So I'll I think it. she was in a very similar position yeah. to Eddie Kingston, yeah. actually. I, I, in both of those matches, those individuals lost their matches, but didn't look weak at all. They came out Correct. looking strong. Yeah. And nobody looked weak that lost on this card. I mean, yeah. except QT Marshall. But yeah, well, that was to be expected. That. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, great night of wrestling. Wonderful. So we're going to move on to some wrestling news, because you know from Buckle to Bell, the boys bring you the best news in the wrestling biz. So we talked about Adam Cole, and uh, so he was in contract talks with WWE. So an insider uh, said that there were some negotiations from the, the up tops that kind of caused a brand war for Coles. And SmackDown had uh, supposedly been the top dog in this one. So the hook that they buried into Cole to keep him on their card was to team him with uh, Keith Lee. Because they're going to turn Keith Lee into a heel, and they wanted to give Keith Lee a heel manager, and that would be Adam Cole. He would not be wrestling. He would use his mic skills to support Keith Lee. And also, too, I just read this morning that they were going to have Adam Cole change his name so he's not confused with Michael Cole. You were going to neuter Adam Cole to... It's perfect. Just say Michael Cole's his dad. Yeah. He gives a shit. You run those stupid fucking angles for everybody else. It's I like a reverse Jungle Boy where the son would be better than the father yeah. on Mike. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus. So thank you, Adam Cole, for making the right decision. Yeah, totally the right decision. I mean, I think he would be great in a manager role for a young up-and-comer that they're trying to get over if he was 55 years old. Yeah. Like, if he can go in the ring, he should be in the ring. Right. Uh, but as we know... Adam Cole came out and told Uncle Tony to get the fuck out of the ring and call him a nerd. And nobody that that's cool is going to be anyone's side hustle bitch. So, Adam Cole, thank you, baby, for being all elite. Uh, on that note, I hope Adam Cole doesn't look at my search history. <laughs> 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 or I'm going to get called a nerd a lot. Don't come over to the Jojitorium, please. <laughs> or do. Or do. So, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho. All debut for AEW, and there's a bunch of other names that are rumored to debut for AEW in the near future. Vince McMahon was overheard in the back talking about how AEW was snagging up all the best free agents that he cut from a ton of his promotions, and he identified it as not a big deal. That's uh, cool. Most notably, he said it was rumored, and I think Punk confirmed this, that the WWE even failed to entertain a pitch to CM Punk stating that uh, he can be AEW's headache now. They didn't want him. Cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks I mean, for all the ratings. They'll get a bunch of ex-NFL players to come into WWE. Mojo Rawley worked really well. Yeah. Look what he was doing, right? Yeah. yeah just crushing it. So, uh, speaking of fails, that locker room is dried up. 
So the World Wrestling Entertainment Company had to set up some kind of title match with Lashley. So they just reached into the back there and said, hey, Randy, you want a match real quick? Because we'll just write you into a storyline. And that's what happened. So the the back room is stale, lessened of talent. And they say, ah, fuck it. We'll just push Orton all the way up to Lashley. So now, instead of bringing young talent up, getting them prepared for the next wave, they have Lashley and MVP taking on RK Bro for the Raw, Raw Tag Team titles, and then Lashley taking on Orton for the <laughs> for the WWE title at Yay. Extreme Rules. Who wanted to see that? Surprised they just didn't double duty Goldberg into both title matches. He'll come out and interrupt the match. Freaking ridiculous! So dumb. Uh, this is what you get when you rip everybody out of your locker room. You have nobody left. It's over. Uh, you need to hope that Damian Priest finds his mojo super quick. Yep. Uh, so speaking of mojo, John Moxley went over to GCW just for a little nightcap where he defeated Matt Cardona, the Deathmatch King, on September 4th. Uh, <laughs> he, it's funny because if you don't know Matt Cardona, his catchphrase is always ready. Uh, and it's always ready until John Moxley screws him over. So now it's, yeah, I'm always ready. Except when John Moxley came in here and screwed me on my championship. Who cares? Matt Cardona, you're you're a gift. And I love everything you're doing right now. It's so much fun. John Mox defeats Cardona. Nick Gage comes back out to the ring and challenges Moxley. Moxley's retort is, if you want a shot, you know where to find me. But Gage said, fuck you. If you want to wrestle me, you got to do it in GCW. So they're going to lock horns again on October 9th in Atlantic City. Uh, during a, uh, a taped television. I got a slight uh, spoiler on this this morning, oh no. too. Uh, so this is not going to be a one-off. This is going to be a program between the two, apparently, oh, yeah? until around WrestleMania weekend. Nice. Because I guess GCW has a huge show that weekend every year. So this should get interesting. I'm pretty excited for that. So I heard Triple H underwent some surgery. He did. Moving on. Triple H undergoes surgery. Uh, we, we found out that the Cerebral Assassin recently went on a knife after what was reported as a cardiac event. Further details are not currently known right now, but all we can really do here in the Jojitorium is wish him a full recovery. Yes, uh, please. Yeah. You cannot die before Vince. You're our savior. Yeah. You're the only one that can save NXT <laughs> from the hands of uh, McMahon and Khan. Khan! So, uh... We talked about all this talent jump into AEW, and apparently someone up top in WWE doesn't know how to work on contracts because Kevin Owens' contract was originally scheduled to expire in 2023, but due to some restructuring and some lazy eyes, it's going to expire in early January 2022. Um, Owens has already sent out two cryptic tweets, the first one being the accordance to Mount Rushmore, uh, which was his stable with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks in Ring of Honor, and then he also typed out Almost there, which is a second reference to the same stable that he had with the Young Bucks uh, and um, Adam Cole that lasted from 2013 to 2014 when Owens silent WWE and then was triple super kicked out of the group. He ate it like a champ. Go back on YouTube and watch it. It is like it's like a, it's like a cannonball hit him in the face. At the time, wasn't he also dressed like a Young Buck? I think. Yep. Yeah, it's he, pretty good. He wore the spandex. All <laughs> he the did tassels. The, did yep. the poses. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on in WWE's contract department, but they have some troubles. And Vince, I know somebody that works close with contract management. Just saying. Yeah. Give me a call. 
You want to see uh, your talent get retained on the cheap? I'll make that money and work for the devil. Yeah. I've done it before. DKNWTB at gmail.com. <laughs> Last but not least here, uh, one of the favorites here, uh, Wyndham Rotunda is now back in contact with AEW and Impact. It's catching fire. Right now, both promotions are fighting for his services, um, which is fantastic. Uh, apparently, again, Impact is going to offer him full creative control for any character he brings to the promotion, while Uncle Tony then goes to say, yeah, I'll do that. I can also offer you larger crowds, more er- earning potential, and the ability to wrestle in other promotions all around the world. No-brainer for me. Uh, so I can't wait to see what Rotunda does when the lid's taken off of him. I think I see it happening already, man. Yeah. The Dark Order's got some tension, some divide within it. Looks like they need a leader. And who better to lead than the Dark Priest? Who better than Canyon? <laughs> who better than Canyon? <laughs> who better? No better. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are going to take a quick break because we need to refill our beers and we may have a special guest coming for the second half of the show. So, we're going to send it off to some people who support us. And if you support them, then you support us. And when you support us, we can bring some cool stuff. And we have some cool stuff in the works. So please, if you hear something you like, go check them out. And we'll see you on the other side. I know what you're thinking right now. How do I get the downstairs hair care I need to impress my partner? Well, the boys have a little something for you. That's right. You can take your grooming to the next level with the flagship of Smooth My Balls, the Turf Chopper 3.0. This pube-destroying trimmer uses stainless steel ceramic blade with micro-sized teeth to ensure you're covered by no-scrape technology. Yep. No cuts, no nicks, no bumps, no hair pulls, and no mishaps. And when those pubes go a-flying, you can call in the backups the Pube Muncher 1.0, and Sack Mat to ensure cleanup is a breeze. All these devices can be used in wet or dry conditions, and they're compact for easy travel storage and have fast charging technology. Right now, our listeners can save 15% on their entire order by using our link, smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB. That includes free shipping to the U.S., That's right. So head on over to smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB and tell them the boy sent you. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because again, when you hear something you like and you support them, they support us. And when you support us, we bring some pretty cool stuff. So I threw out to the Twitterverse for a showdown and asked our listeners, what were your grades for AEW All Out? 83% of you guys came through with an A, which we agree with. And 17% of you, I have no idea where you're coming from, you called it a fail. So I reached out to some people who might think this card wasn't successful, and I asked them, what are the main reasons why you think that AEW is failing right now as a wrestling promotion? And here are the three, I'm going to say bullshit reasons they gave me. Uh, that AEW is signing WWE's trash, which is a trash response. Uh, they're just bloating the roster. Where are they going to wrestle with only three hours on network television? They also forgot about the other two YouTube shows that have over three hours of content on each one. And the stars debuted, but the action on the card was bad. I'm sorry, but if you watch the Lucha Brothers taking on Ray, Fe- uh, Ray Phoenix and Penta, Lucha Brothers taking on the Young Bucks, and you didn't think that was a great match, then you don't understand wrestling. So uh, 83% of you people are relevant. 17% of you yeah. aren't. Yeah, just keep sitting there with your thumb up your ass, and The yeah. Rock will be back next year. And don't worry, all those part-timers will come back and hold all the titles, and you can feel relevant again. And then you'll cry about that. 
So like I said, on the first half, we have a guest, our first guest in a long time. And I'm excited that he's here, that he has blessed our podcast with his presence. So just waving the flag of First Sip Brew Box with the tank outlined with General Danky, the Dankosaurus, and none other than First Sip Studios, Dennis, the beer man guy. Woo! What's going on, bugaboos? Really happy to be here. It's been a long time coming. Love the folks over here at the Cane with the boys. They always represent. And I don't think you guys and girls out there listening give them enough credit. Here's why. My man's over here just showing up with full desktop computers, just setting up in the Jojatorium. I thought that was a tablet, and I was like, man, that's a tablet on stage. That is a touchscreen, full smart computer. So they're delivering some of the best quality out there with some of the best personalities in the industry. I'm very honored to be here with the cane with the boys. Uh, the feeling cannot be a more mutual without Thanks, it being the same. Yeah. This is the Jojatorium <laughs> studio. This is. I like yes. it. A few hours a week. <laughs> So, again, Dennis, thanks for coming in, man. You have big things going on right now. Um, I, I just I get to read about it, hear about it, see about it, and every once in a while I get to pick your brain about some things. So, right now, you got some big stuff coming through. So, Always. do you want to tell us some, some of what's going on here? You know, we'll slide in the proverbial DMs. Uh, but, man, I want to point out, you said hear about it, see about it. Like you forgot a couple of senses. You got to feel about it. You got to taste about it. All about it. Definitely got to yes. taste about it. You got to definitely taste about it. Take that first it. sip. Got to taste <laughs> take, about it, baby. Take that first sip. Brew box, baby. Uh, so, yeah, man. So, we have a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Number one, you had mentioned earlier First Sip Studios. A few weeks ago, we launched First Sip Studios, which uh, historically as a business, a lot of breweries saw all the hard work that we were putting in. Uh, we deliver 300 unique pieces of content on seven different platforms every single month. And breweries were reaching out to us. Hey, Dennis, can you shoot some video for us? Can you do some professional photography for our brewery? And historically... The answer was no. We had no idea how to set that kind of stuff up until two weeks ago when we launched First Sip Studios. We are now doing, we have a full video production and photography arm of our business to help us grow horizontally uh, <laughs> to, you know, secure those different B2B clients or for you folks out there, business to business uh, clients as well to solidify and diversify our services that we offer to keep us from going out of business because unlike the Dankosaurus, we don't want to become extinct. <laughs> and that's what you talk about. Going from just nuts and bolts, building the house, getting everything together, and bringing it out to the masses. And, I, and I'm lucky enough that you allow me to check out the stuff that you're doing and you give me advice on what I'm doing here. I can honestly say that there is no decaying with the boys without first sip. Damn. So I, I appreciate hardy. it, man. So thanks like again. It. And let's not here. forget my favorite B2B thing that Dennis does, which is business to breweries. Yes. <laughs> my man, see, I always knew you were quick-witted. This yeah. is like one of those <laughs> examples where Bash Brew just slides in there like swimwear. I took a marketing class or two. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dennis, we are in round two of the podcast here. We don't play halves. We play rounds. Ooh. And in round two... Uh, we decided to bring in a beer that you're very familiar with. Absolutely. So if you could please let everyone listen and know what we're drinking. No, thank you so much, Matt, for lining out 
absolutely perfectly, which after listening to quite a few Decaying Boys episodes, that's kind of your superpower. You're the main man of segues. You just line them up and we'll take them away. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, what Matt's referring to is one of our uh, latest collaborations that we've been a part of. Before I dive into that, one of the three biggest pillars of First Hit Brew Box is we are black owned. Yeah, swagger, baby. And we are also veteran-owned, so I served eight years in the United States Army. And we're woman-owned because it's me and my wife against the world teaming up to create something really organic, unique from the ground up. So we pay attention to each one of those pillars every single year, doing as much as we can, giving back to different nonprofits, and, and raising money for good causes. So the beer that Matt is talking about is our latest veteran collaboration that we did with Stonebridge Brewery, located in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which coincidentally, maybe not so much coincidentally, because we planned it all out, folks. Uh, that's where my military unit was stationed, and serendipitously that, uh, you know, there was also a craft brewery that just popped up in that town not too many years ago so it just made sense for us to tell the story and work with them and we teamed up with folds of honor which is a fantastic nonprofit organization that if any service member doesn't make it home or if they make it home disabled they pay for their kids to go to college so it helps create that next generation so there's no generational wealth gap there that keeps that family and the kids and the grandkids and the great grandkids that they're able to keep going. So phenomenal organization, absolutely love everything about it. And the beer name is Hidden Message. And a little bit about that beer, it is a lemon, slightly hazy IPA. And the little bit of history there, I think Bash Brew's about to crack that bad boy open. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah. So a little bit about that, because we try to put a little history in all of our collaborations that we do. Lemons, the, the acidic acid inside of lemons were actually used during the Revolutionary War, World War II, spies from many different countries to decode get this hidden messages it, you can write on there with invisible ink and the acidity will actually break it down to show you what that person the intelligence that they were transporting so also on front of the can is our general Denki, our patented big uh character that we have big Denki had to shave up you know to get into the armed forces he had to serve his country you know so that's kind of the message that we share with that beer on front of the can. It really ties it together. And we have some super dope uh, shirts that we created, uh, you know, to to uh, be a part of that collaboration. So we're all about it. If you folks out there can find it, mule it, find somewhere that serves it, all that good fun stuff. They served us and we'll serve you. So we love it. So this beer... Uh, of sheer importance alone to support the men and women that serve this country and the families that unfortunately face a loss of losing someone who's protecting the freedoms that we enjoy. Like we're enjoying right now. Um, we are so appreciative that you can do things like this to bring uh, light to these situations. And not everyone gets to read about, no one gets to hear about the dark side of all this. They just right. hear about the triumph. So thank you for your service, first and foremost. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for collaborating with this beer. And also thanks for helping the families that need it the most, uh, especially in trying times of tyranny and war. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And we were talking about where to get it. Adam, you grabbed this, right? Yes. Where'd you grab this from? Two daughters. Two daughters. Yeah. In uh, Mount Lebanon. Is that right? There? That's 100% correct. Yeah, Two daughters. That's where our first beer came from, too. So. If you're out in the Mount Lebanon area, area, it's very close to Mindful Brewing, only about a mile away from there down the road. 
Um, go if grab some cans. They had a great s- single selection, so you can do a mixer match. They have four packs. They have cases of beer. If you're looking for a good domestic, go in there and pick some up. And if you're old Pittsburgh, you've been around the area for a little bit, that is the former Brews Brothers down in Mount Lebanon. Uh, they had to rebrand a little bit to try to pull in some new blood. You know, uh, start catering more towards like the wine crowd. So that way they're a little bit more open to everybody. But we love that place. That was historically the first place that allowed First Hit Brew Box to set up their goods and wares, like the traveling merchants that we are, to actually <laughs> sell some of our brew boxes in there. Old friend, the family, he, uh, Dave, he's done so much to help support us. He He's gruff, one of those old, like old Pittsburgh dudes, but he'll literally take the shirt off of his back if you are feeling the least bit cold out I there. I think that's who waited on us. And he was very helpful finding very these helpful. beers because I was there for this one. Yeah. But And uh, he also yeah. looks like he'll fight a bear. Oh, yeah. He does <laughs> oh, not sure. care. For sure. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, and also I don't know if it's very common that they're doing this or if it's just, you know, during COVID times. But people were buying single cans yeah. and drinking them out on the nice front patio. They've been known And having some snacks. That. It was cool and nice. dog-friendly as well. So yeah, COVID kind of shook that stuff up. They used to do a lot of stuff inside, but they stopped doing some stuff inside and invested more in the uh, outside of the building. They have, so that way, everyone has that warm, fuzzy, safe feeling. They can yeah. enjoy beer out on the patio. And they are the, – so they still have a couple drafts down there too where Dancing Gnome has a really good relationship with them. They tend to get some of the latest Dancing Gnome beers, and they're huge roundabout fans, which if you're part of the craft beer uh, industry in and around the Pittsburgh area, Roundabout, they brew beers that beer drinkers love. That's true. Mm-hmm. They're really good with their traditional styles. Absolutely. Now, this beer right here clocks in at 5.5%, so it is a session, and it is easy drinking, and I can tell you right now, it is packed with lemon flavor. The citrus plays well all throughout the entire uh, flavor profile. It's nice and smooth, and it has that nice catch at the end where you want to keep going in for more sips. Exactly what I want my hazy to do for me. Not overpowering this is a grilling beer this is a fire beer this is an everyday beer this is an american beer so i love it it's still not it's nice and crisp in the color and the body but it's still very bitter and if i don't mind saying myself a little danky there at the beginning i do like it for a session ipa this has a lot of hop character yeah i'm loving it man this is a great beer and uh again thanks for working on it so we can have it so dennis we are here to be serious, of course, to bring you in and talk about the things you're doing. We're also here to have some fun. Oh, okay. Like so we took a hard swerve. We brought back something that we haven't played in a while. Skirt. It's called Florida Man or Fake News. Okay. Oh, and I'm it's, liking this already. It's going to be you versus Adam. So what's going to happen here is I'm going to read off a headline. Now, I used, I took one creative writing class back in my undergrad. So <laughs> I have skills. So you have to discern whether or not this is a real Florida man headline or if Big Papa Anderson over here broke out the old creative writing skills and made one up. It's going to be tough, man. Yes. Because almost anything's possible in Florida. Exactly. You could tell me an alligator ate a unicorn. I'd be like, well, a unicorn should have been by the water. (laughs) They do blame the victims down there a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So are you ready to play Florida man or fake news? Let's get in there. Okay. Reach back into the toolbox. The boys bring you some of the funniest headlines from Florida. So coming in at number one here, Florida man is accused of trying to steal horses by riding them home. True or false? So he's just barebacking. There's no saddle. Or is he carrying a saddle with him? Florida man is accused of trying to steal the horses. And his idea of stealing the horses is to go full Wild West 
Ooh. to ride them away. Uh, that's like sacks on backs. Exactly. So, I mean, you got to think about any kind of ways. Down in Florida, lots of farming down there, lots of ranches, lots of ranchers. That's true. He's trying so, to make sure he has his own stable. Who's going first? I hope like, he's crossing who? state lines with him too, a little federal offense. Damn, there's a lot. There's Yo, a lot my man's Billy the prosecution kid. over there. Billy the, Billy the kid here. I think Billy the kid's a Florida man. I think it's. He might just be. So I think it's real. I'm gonna play home field evangelist. Adam go first. Good, good. Just, okay. Just did. <laughs> right. Sorry, sorry no, about that, Dennis. Mostly because he just slid in there. <laughs> I think I think that's a Florida man. I think that's you're going true. Yeah, Dennis. Well, I guess I can't go after him because uh, there's only uh, two answers to this. There are two answers, but you can agree with him. Then, then we'll stay tied. You can stay tied, or you guys could both be losers. Here's the thing. Sacks on backs, baby. I'm saying true. And you're both right. Down yeah, in Lake damn, County, Florida, several stalls were open with a rancher seeing the defendant operating one of his company vehicles to corral the loose horses. Now... He uses the truck to push all of the horses in the open gates towards an exit out of the main farm, of the white picket fence for the farm, pushes them towards the exit, and then he parks the truck to where he kind of chokes it off to a point, and he takes his time riding one horse a mile away from the ranch into a wooded area where he's created his own fenced-in area Jesus. to then run back. But the, but the farmer saw this happening? The farmer saw it from a distance, so he wasn't home. He was only seeing the CCTV oh, okay. remotely. Uh, I was going to say, we're in Florida. Get that shotgun, buddy. Like, yeah, you would think, all. right? Yeah, get the shotgun, but also, can we get some 4K? He wouldn't know what was happening. Absolutely. <laughs> so you got to give this Florida man a little bit of credit. He really thought this one out. I mean, he was able to corral horses, bareback them into his own farm. But the thing is here, deputies still can't get out of this guy what he planned on doing with the horses. He was going to make... Horse sandwiches out of them. Possibly. Uh, we still don't know to this day. Some people say those horses are still running free in the forest. <laughs> One might turn into a unicorn and get eaten by an alligator. Shouldn't be close to the water. Florida, anything's possible. All my answers are going to be true tonight. <laughs> That's a good tactic. <laughs> I've just heard too much crazy shit from Florida, man. Let me just tell you that it's this is – I do a lot of work on making the games – here in the Jojatorium, this is the easiest one. I literally just go to Reddit slash our Florida man headlines, and I see the ones that look good, and then it just sparks my creativity, and I, I write like some other ones. So, speaking of being creative, this fake teen doctor known as Dr. Love is arrested again on fraud charges in Florida. <laughs> I know Dr. Love got arrested once, so I'm going to say it's true, and he got arrested again. Okay. Because he was being a, wasn't he being a gynecologist as well? Maybe. I believe. I'm pretty well, sure. If you're a creepy dude. That's why dude, they call him Dr. Love. That's every creepy dude's like part-time job as a gynecologist. But this is, a teen, this is like a teenager. Fake teen doctor known as Dr. Love is arrested again on fraud charges in yeah. Florida. Doogie Howser down there getting the dirty. <laughs> you're talking about sexual assault charges. These are fraud charges. Oh, well, well you know. Maybe he does a good job, but then he just charges the insurance. All I'm saying is Dr. Love's a very common name. That is true. So, Adam, what are you saying? I'm saying it's true. And I'm only going off a wordplay here, so only because Mr. Anderson said, speaking of creativity, so I'm going to assume he created 
this, uh, so I'm going to say false. Got him! Down in West Palm Beach, Florida, Malachi Love Robinson asked clients to send money to his personal account in lieu of sending the funds to a shipping company that he worked for. Malachi claimed to have a PhD and an MD. At 18 years old, he was able to fraud $35,000 out of an elderly patient. That ain't enough. Which resulted in the wannabe doctor serving 21 months in a max security prison near Fort Worth, Texas. Was his name again? Malachi Love Black? I fought him in uh, Poland. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's crazy. I heard Tony Khan reach out to him and sign him to a contract. Malachi Love Robinson's all elite. Confirmed. Yo, I feel like that that people in like Trump's family's last name, they're going to switch it to Love Black just so people don't think they're racist. Like Trump Love Black. I might vote for him at that point. Oh, my God. 2024. (laughs) Is that the next time? God, please, no. That's the next time, right? 2024. You're correct. Expert. Yeah, okay. you are. Right. It's you know I try to like block it out of my brain. I know. It, I know, uh, I know goes I know. with the Olympics usually. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So speaking of sporting events, a Florida man attempts to sneak cocaine into a Tampa Bay Rays baseball game inside his anus, and the narcotics go into. He goes into a narcotics-induced psychosis after the substance seeps out into his oh, body. God. You can't trust the asshole. <laughs> Just starts. Oh man! Imagine if he went streaking. You're never catching him. Oh, I know. And if you guys don't know, so if you guys don't know, uh, uh, narcotics induced psychosis is like if someone had a schizophrenic breakdown and they are also completely under the influence of the substance they take. So the narcotics induced psychosis isn't indicative of any one substance. You can actually have this if you smoke too much marijuana as well. Mm. So think about it. The cocaine is the narcotic that induces psychosis. So, so our, do you have to be predicated? Does your mental state have to be predicated on the fact that that could have happened eventually? And then all that did was like put a hot pocket in the microwave and sped it up? I think it kind of goes along the lines of like, how mad can you get? Have you ever been mm. so mad that you saw red? Did oh, you know shit. you were capable of that? It's well, I'm red, green, thing. colorblind, so no matter how mad <laughs> I get, never I saw red. Sure. Yo, I saw brown, killed the motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, that sounds racist. <laughs> you said it, though. You said it. <laughs> I saw brown, so, killed So him. for our friends in the horror movie community, this is like the fast zombies in 28 Days Later. Oh, no. I don't, I don't fuck I don't yes. fuck with those. Mm-mm. You just hear that. They're just they're running through the church. Uh, can we all go back and watch the movie and realize that not many black people died because we weren't there? Yeah, because <laughs> you were smart. Yeah, we went to the moon. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like we said, Smart. fuck you guys. Smart. Jeff Bezos, you're my boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jeff Bezos is sending civilians into space, which I don't understand at all. No one knows how to fly a plane, but they're in a rocket. Which, now that we're down well, this to rabbit be fair, hole. A rocket's going one direction. Until it comes back down. <laughs> well, not if it gets out of the Earth's uh, atmosphere, out of, the, uh, like out of its orbit. Yeah, like the Challenger. Yeah, okay, well, rocket, okay <laughs> rocket scientists. Oh, if we're going to bring up the past... <laughs> So <laughs> everyone knows the past it, it has nothing to do with the future, which is totally false. It absolutely does. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read the art of war. <laughs> Since we Some went down this Bezos rabbit hole, it's totally it's it proves that all these grow your hair back solutions are fake. Because yeah. if he could send a rocket into space, he could grow hair on his Yeah. Head. Yeah. I agree. Damn. So just go bald. <laughs> bald motherfucker. So to cut right back to what we were doing here. Good, because I forgot. Yeah, the psychosis at a Rays game. A Florida man attempts to sneak cocaine into a Tampa Rays baseball game inside his anus and and goes into a narcotics-induced psychosis after the substance seeps out into his body. True or false? Can I go for the Grand Slam win? Sure. I'm going to say false because this happened at a Baltimore Orioles game instead. Okay. Because it sounds like a Baltimore thing. (laughs) 
I Dennis. will agree with Adam because he's <laughs> he's conveniently right about this stuff for no. arbitrary reasons. I did hear the love story on a radio show. Yes. That's the only one I had any. So you guys are right. It yes. is false. But and for kind of the right answer, it was a Tampa Bay Lightning game. Oh, damn ah, it. Ah, gotcha. Guy tried to show up with his kids to watch a hockey game, and it turned into a brawl. Totally <laughs> sounds like a Baltimore thing. Oh, yes. Here's the thing. If you can trust anything, Adam is always right about what happens in the anus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Expert. I can't even. <laughs> can't deny it. So uh, the way the story went here is he went to the hockey game, and he decided that if he snuck it into his anus, he could go in between the first second period, <laughs> pull it back out, and take some bumps in the bathroom before he came back out because taking care of your kids must not be that fun right dad you got some shit on your nose or his kids are so bad he needs, <laughs> he needs the extra jolt <laughs> so apparently though he went to the dollar store to get his balloons because that oh that's where you fucked his, up yeah that's where you fucked up you gotta the- get some premium rubber homie yes. if you're putting drugs in the anus by the end of the first period this florida man was trying to fight the glass and everyone around him he was found half naked running through section g towards the exit when people thought maybe he was hurt but when he was stopped by security, they found out he went full Florida man. Oh, man. <laughs> wait, wait, who's Florida watching man. the kids? God's watching the kids. Any idea how old the kids were? Uh, Not to make this even more of a real story. Dude, but I think I read they're definitely under 13. Old enough Ooh. to be scarred by this. Yeah, definitely have to go to therapy for this. But if there's a worth. group of them, they'll take, you know, I've met a lot of street kids. Like, they'll they'll fuck you up. Yep. You know, yeah. So if that's their dad, this ain't the first time. He done, no. You know. Hey, I saw, I saw like, my daddy hey, do this on our visiting weekend. Oh, <laughs> there was one weekend. Their alligator ate a unicorn. So that's how that happened. And again, too close to the water. Know where you need to be, unicorn. That's it, man. Not blaming the victim, but also know your surroundings. Situational awareness, Shouldn't you be in movies with Tom Cruise and not in? <laughs> well, at least could could you could these Florida men just, just get one black friend? None of this would ever happen? They have black friends. Oh, no. And they try to talk sense into the Florida men, but it never works. Because to be fair, we're going to give up and we're leaving. Yeah. We're not taking a risk encounter with the police. No. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, cocaine up your ass. See you later, Tom. Like, (laughs) I'm not hanging out with you. I knew it was weird having a friend named Tom because, you know, he's an uncle. (laughs) I wasn't even going to go there. (laughs) It's all right. I'm here. I'll do it for you guys. (laughs) So speaking of doing it for the guys, a naked Florida woman drove a golf cart through an armed standoff with deputies. Now, remember, you're down one. I am. You are down one. So, again, a naked Florida Florida woman drove a golf cart through an armed standoff with deputies. I feel like this is a trick question because it's only, like, Florida men. So it's a Florida woman. Okay. This, is a, this Florida woman did this. I think it's true. I know. Women are so powerful. I think it's true. True? True. What are you going with? I'm scared. Because <laughs> women are capable of anything. anything. And since it's a Florida woman, she TikToked it. She oh, for did. sure. Because yeah. if I die in the next 20 years, my wife killed me. And I'm not <laughs> saying I didn't deserve it. I'm just saying she did it. We got to go talk to her, right? And she'll say she knows nothing. So I want to say false because I feel like I can get this point just based on semantics. She did it. Of she, what this game title is even called. She did it it's with Florida the golf man. cart on the beach. So a Florida woman can't go for a man. Okay. Um, well, without the proper uh, medical procedures Fuck in place, which I would need to see evidence. Yeah. So I'll say false based on technicality. 
And Adam takes the point because it's true. When officers respond to a shots fired call for an 18-year-old male suspect, a quote-unquote heavily intoxicated woman drove her golf cart past several marked police vehicles. What's more is the female cart operator was completely naked and fought several officers who firstly tried to stop her from entering a dangerous crime scene and secondly tried to apprehend her for tampering with the crime scene when she repeatedly refused to follow police officer orders. This is wrong, but I have have, one question. Do we have an age on this young lady? Uh, No, I don't. (laughs) I have one question. Yes. When you say heavily intoxicated, is that predicated on the fact that she's intoxicated by a, a large amount of intoxications i don't know if that's intoxicants word. or intoxicants <laughs> or is it heavily intoxicated because she's a large woman <laughs> that that can also factor into why i was asking age <laughs> so i'll go back and see but what i think is hilarious here is that it was a shots fired call for an 18 year old male suspect so you have officers trained yo on this, that's this his site. girlfriend no. What a she swerve. came in no. like a wrecking no. ball. No. In my dreams, it's his mom or his grandmama. <laughs> no, in your dreams? In my dreams, yeah. I want this to be in my girlfriend. sick fantasies. <laughs> like a twenty-two-year-old, well-endowed. Yeah, but she's not coming through magical like octopus lady. like mom will. Those no. things will hit the ground. No, mom, mom and grandma, they ain't they ain't there to make friends. <laughs> You know, they're trying to take someone out. Mima Utterpuss is coming through. <laughs> oh my god! Yo, I knew this show went off the rails, but I was unprepared for this. Oh, Florida man, and this is I what like we it. when we do Florida man or fake news, it gets wild. Plus, we were real serious in the first half. I don't think there was enough funny, so now I'm just saying outrageous Amen. shit. <laughs> so, last one here, Dennis. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make, make it, it triple points. Make it double points so you can at least tie. No, triple. You want no, triple? I, I want triple hard. points. Chance for the win? I mean, here's the thing. Unless Adam's afraid, then don't do oh, triple. Oh, don't make me mad or the balloon in my ass might pop. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's been popped for 35 minutes. Yeah. So He's I'll, about to fight everyone. I'll, I'll give you this PBR. one. I'll give you this one. If, it's, if you get it right, Dennis, I'll give you the win. Okay? You'll completely... Take over Adam. Well, to be fair. Giggity, giggity. So it's a case of sudden death overtime? <laughs> sudden death overtime. Like in that lightning game? Yep. <laughs> lightning game? Who, did my wife talk to no, you that's about No, that's where the man's pulled <laughs> My wife talked to you gold. about what we did last night? She called it the lightning game The lightning well. round. <laughs> so listen carefully to this one. Okay. Florida child, 14 years old is now on probation after attempting to sell uncle crack cocaine that was later found to be limestone. Wait, how can you get charged for selling a drug that's not You a can't drug? sell something and call it a drug. Mm. It's still considered trafficking. Jesus. I was Florida child, 14-year-old, now on probation after attempting to sell uncle crack cocaine that was later found to just be limestone. I think it's only fair that I... Oh, I guess it doesn't work if Dennis goes first, huh? Well, did it. you say I go first? I thought Adam had a home field. So he has home field. First. So I'm, I'm going first? Yes. Yeah. I think that's false. Okay. Fuck. Why? I think you creatively wrote that. And I don't think there's much limestone in Florida for some reason. I don't everywhere. know that. <laughs> I know most of it's in Kentucky. That's why the water's so good. True. It's urban. There you go. Here's the thing. I did an episode recently with a geologist, so I'm going to say false. Okay. So you guys are both going with false. So, so you're just going for the loss, Dennis. Yeah. So well, it, I can't wait. Oh no, because if we both pick the same thing, you I lose. lose no matter what. Fuck. Man, All right, not, I gotta go true. Now. You're not a very good strategist. I want to play Monopoly with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. 
because I'll poop on the board. No matter what, Dennis, you would have lost this one because it is a false story. Fuck, I knew it. I knew it because I did do a recent episode with a geologist. <laughs> I didn't believe that. <laughs> Plus, I just believe in your creative writing. That's a very good That's one. what I'm saying. But I feel supported here. So many things are believable when it comes to Florida. And that's like, why I get to shine here, Dennis. And you know what gets you, too, is your full-time job because you kind of know what you would get charged I for do. as well. I don't want to. Can I humble brag real quick? You can. Did I sweep that? It's a sweep. Yeah. That's a I didn't sweep. get any points? No, 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 no. I just got them all right. He got them I all mean, right. I didn't sweep oh, you. I, like, okay. <laughs> I didn't sweep you. But you I, fell hey, you know victim what? to the spider web that is the Jojitorium. <laughs> you know I almost gets, went true on that last one, too, because it was so detailed. It was good. I only did true because based on what you told me. But yeah. for the record, I didn't want to go false. But I would not have gotten anything from doing that at all. So I'd like to believe... That Florida is a land of opportunity. Well, where anything can happen. Yeah, like opportunity, like that person left their door unlocked. I'm gonna steal their shit. Yeah, you're yes. right. Yes, or you can shove balloons full of cocaine up your rectum in hopes to go watch a hockey game, or you can attempt to sell your, your uncle limestones with your That's kids. That's the most messed up part. with your kids with your kids that were definitely minors. Yes, probably. Like you know what that person digits. did? They put hard hats on them. Now they're the new kind of miner. Yep. That's it. <laughs> so th- put, put a little soot on their face. <laughs> they different kind of miners. I'll, like, I'll tell you who their daddy is now, the state of Florida. Yep. <laughs> they okay. are wards well, As low as it should be, to be yes. honest. Like, that's fucking terrible. So I'll tell one real quick before we go on some other stuff here. When we played this the very first time, I got pretty creative. We did. I think we did like ten headlines. Pretty creative. You were very creative on this one. I appreciate. Like, that. what a bad nephew. <laughs> like, what a little fucker. Yeah, I think. <laughs> in the, I mean, I don't want to uh, uh, enrage. That's the word I was looking for. Any know. show historian. Like you were prefer- like sucking the dick for a second. The balloon pops for a second. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but I believe I in the first round, a woman got charged with aggravated assault with a Bible or something. Yes, like yeah. she. Used, no, no, fuckers thick. She yeah, used a thick. Bible to hit. No, she. It no, was, it was her, her husband or something. Again, it was this creative writing or a real thing. Th- this is a real one. She used a Bible during. She was from the Rotary, and then there's a church across That's the street doing That's homeless. Uh, the Rotary was doing a pancake breakfast, and the church was doing a bake sale. Uh, no, they were giving something Ooh. to the homeless people. Homeless people. So instead of the church being like, "Get your stuff here," and then go over and get pancakes, the people at the Rotary were like, "Fuck you!" and they came across and started getting into a fight with the church. And the <laughs> oh lady used the Bible God. and she struck. The, she struck another woman. She struck another woman. With, she, no, those Bibles are heavy though. Thick as shit. Like, well That's my favorite story ever. And that was yeah, true. That was a true one. Yeah. That was true. Damn. So. Uh, we ask our listeners send in questions, comments, whatevs, and since you're here, I was able to find two that are that are pretty relevant, uh, not yeah. only for us but for you as well. Like so, it. Dennis, uh, off the rip, since you you and your wife seem to have really gotten uh, a good feel for social media, how do you approach taking your videos and cutting them down to put them on uh, like Facebook, Instagram? Twitter, like, how do you find your snippets? Like, what programs do you use? Why do you pick those snippets? Why are they the ones that you want to select? Great question. So, number one, know the platform that you are using. Know the limitations. Is it six, for a video? Is it 60 seconds? Is it two minutes? Is it, you know, 30 seconds? No, have that idea. And then on top of that, I don't use any specific program to auto-find if that's a thing. 
I am a big fan of just dumping into Adobe Premiere Pro, jumping in, whatever you, th whatever you think resonates for the platform. But before you dive into that, you have to know, you have to know your audience, right? Facebook is different than LinkedIn. LinkedIn is different than Twitter. Know your audience and the messages that you're trying to convey on those platforms and create it as such and put it on there and get feedback and see what works. And once you have an idea of what works and what your audience contextually on those platforms, uh, replicate it. That's a really good answer. Yeah. My most – when he was talking about time limits, the yeah. most frustrating thing I ever <laughs> do is try to put a minute, five-second video on Instagram. Yeah. And I just wanted to – I just wanted to – I almost threw my phone in the <laughs> freaking alligator pond. That's tough, man. It's oh, tough. It's tough. So Adam, Adam goes, goes ham. filled with savages. It is. So at, at Bash underscore Brewery, of course, for all the brewery needs that you have, uh, you tend to put up some good, uh, some good snippets and some good previews for something. And you had something cooking up here for the upcoming uh, Greensburg Homebrew and Chill. Yeah, it'll actually, as you're listening to this, it's up on Bash underscore Brew on Instagram because yes. I'm posting it the day this podcast drops as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be up. Like uh, you so you it. want oh, you want my answer after yeah. Dennis's very eloquent answer? Okay, so I steal videos off of YouTube. <laughs> Well, Florida first, man story <laughs> number six. <laughs> first off, Bash Brew is not a profit business. It's not a business at all. It's just a personal it is hobby. A business. So I can't get sued because I don't make any money on it. <laughs> so I steal artist content from YouTube um, that are popular or dead or they have enough money. Trust me. Or and you'll see. Dead. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, when you see the video, but I, I take snippets and I take audio and then I mash together in a free phone app called Ucut. Nice. And post it from there. I do all of it on my phone, actually. Yeah. And it's always really good, too, man. It's just... Oh, it's very crude, but it's like a good PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I will it. say this. A lot of your um, short videos that you post on there, because you guys do a lot of great stuff as far as photography and videos and content around some of the new releases that Bashru puts out. And you do a really great job. Oh, all of our photography, uh, the majority of it's done by Lori. The, oh, the, with the, the, come on. The I, co I wasn't questioning yeah. that. The Cobra. <laughs> yeah. I do a few of them. She did, if, they're, if they're really good, she took it. Yeah. <laughs> or Sammy took it and gave it to us. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, without a doubt. You guys do good stuff, and I don't know if that's me biasly, like just knowing the beer is going to be great, and that kind of plays into um, my aforementioned like thoughts on what you guys no, are putting out I, there. I mean, we really upped it during uh, the pandemic because – we needed a creative way to get rid of beer. We didn't want to stop brewing and we couldn't, I mean, we could have drank it all, but creative I feel worse than beer. I do you already. Invite me over and tell me, <laughs> Hey man, we need to finish this keg. I'm like mission accepted. So it was a way to kind of like stimulate interest in our, in our products without being able to sell it just to get people over here to try right. it, pick up bottles, bring their growlers over, you know, whatever we could do to get beer in and out of here as quick as possible. I was bored and wanted to brew every weekend. hundred percent. So. But I will say this because Bash Brew will not say this. He is super humble. He's a really down to earth guy. So we have brought many commercial brewers over here. Maybe I sweet talked to him as we were imbibing with copious amounts of libations on certain evenings, but we got commercial brewers over here and they stopped like, eh, they were a little intoxicated, but they called timeout and just said straight up Bash Brew, Adam, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Your beer is some of the best out there. You need to fucking start something. <laughs> so, like, he says these things, but his beer 
especially uh, from a home brewer level. Like he is the best home brewer in Western Pennsylvania. If anyone disagrees with me, I'll fight you and just know I'm six five two fifty. I'll fucking put that shit down. He's kind of scary, Dennis. You you and Matt are the best smoke blowers in the business. <laughs> between smoke between blowers, you man. saying this and him calling me the world champion every week, I'm just saying he his beer is so good. And if you don't believe it, you don't know beer. And if you do know beer and you don't believe it, you're a fucking pretentious asshole. If, so get the fuck out of if, here. If you uh, if you believe what Dennis or Matt say, uh, everybody go out and buy a Powerball ticket. And if you win, <laughs> if you win, I just need a little bit. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. If you truly believe in me, just buy a Powerball. No, even that. He's just doing these grandiose things. All you have to do is just follow and like Bash Brew. And just randomly share his stuff that's out there and just speak good things. This goes for everyone out there, too. Put good stuff out there and good stuff will happen. I don't know if I believe in karma, but I do believe in good people. Just be a good person. Speaking of good things, lastly, (laughs) so I use headliner and I'll find something like Adam and I tend to have some pretty funny spots in the podcast and I'll find one. It's about 30 seconds rip it out of there and I'll use headliner or Filmora and I'll just mm. kind of splice things up and then I'll dump it on like Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. It tends to be pretty fun. The, the Penta says one I think was pretty funny. I really enjoyed listening to that. Yeah, I was, I was Oh, that, that was one of the latest ones. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, so here's the thing. I like that was wrestling, right? Yeah. Guys, so I like wrestling. I didn't, I, I don't know the politics and all that stuff, but I still listened to the whole thing and I was like, mm, giggity. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you are uh, known for being a part One of... One second. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, the last person who asked this question, yes. were, were they asking it from like a business point of view, a consumer point of view? I'm just curious. I think a consumer point of view. Consumer. So, uh, don't limit yourself. Whatever you're putting out there, don't worry about how you should do something. Uh, Matt brought up a, a great point. He just does it. Just fucking do it, mm-hmm. and then worry about how people receive it afterwards, mm-hmm. and then create, then switch it up and change it, and then you you'll find the right formula. But you'll never figuring out figure it out just by reading and listening to other people. You'll only learn yeah. what works for you by doing it. And if you're yeah. not making money on it, and you know Taylor Swift, you can't rip her YouTube. <laughs> I, I learned you can't rip uh, Taylor Swift's YouTube yeah, audio. Don't do that. But if you find her live performance, you can rip that. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are animals. <laughs> Welcome to the Jojatorium, <laughs> Taylor. Give I'm me a cease and desist, please. I, I'm letting you folks know how to not get sued. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you have no money, you can do these. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. That's okay. As you were. So we are moving into spooky season, and you are known to be a well-connected beer guy so uh they want to people want to know what fall beers are you most excited for because you have a palate that i respect so i want to know what's the one fall beer you're really looking forward to having so i'm gonna throw out two is it okay can i throw out you can throw out that's fine i'm throwing out two or three so one's not specifically a fall beer it might be considered sliding in more into like a winter beer but one of my um go-tos for years the last five six seven years has always been shock Vesa by uh stone or stone brewery um out of california um it's more of like a hot chocolate peppery stout nice absolutely love that beer my second one and i think mr bash brew mentioned something about it recently it is warlock 
damn it. So here's the thing: you can you can switch it. You can still take that. That's fine. No, no, no. You're but, good. But the reason why I pick it out and not their most recent ones. So I am sitting on a vertical from from 2015, 16, 17, and 18. Um, in my opinion, 2016 was the best Warlock that came out. I have about three or four bottles that I should have brought over tonight. Just didn't. Just kind of forgot about it. We can do that in but, an October you know, episode. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I am sitting on some of those. Um, big fan of you know. I, I do like pumpkin. Like I said, pumpkin warlock, some of the best out there. But I think as uh, Southern Southern Tier Brewery scaled up, they kind of lost a lot of the flavor, a lot of the nuances. So that's why I'm holding on to some of those early years. Like my life depends on it. Yeah. It probably does. My sugars are a little out of. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what about you, man? So yeah, Dennis took Warlock, which is my number one, even though it's a big commercial beer. I have another big commercial beer that people can hate me for. And it's one of the ones that got me into beer in general. And that's Dogfish Head's Pumpkin yep. Ale, which, uh, Used to be, sometimes it used to be a pale ale, I believe, back in the day. Now it's a brown ale. Either way, it's still still yummy. I still try a six pack of it every year. Yes. Um, locally, there's some really good places that do an Oktoberfest roundabout, which we brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. New friend of the podcast, Penn Brewery, does yeah. a oh, yeah. freaking fantastic Oktoberfest. Um, and almost every brewery in Pittsburgh does like a Marzen or an Oktoberfest. Yeah. I know Abjuration had a really good one last but year. But not every brewery does it well. Right. They, yeah. They, Abjuration had an incredible one yeah. last year. And um, you know, and some homebrewers do some weird stuff with pumpkin too. We, yeah. had, we had a uh, a ghost pepper Ooh. or a reaper pumpkin hmm. stout at uh, North Hills Brewfest. That oh, sounds yeah. incredible. I can't oh, remember. Brian, Brian Llewellyn. Llewellyn. Brian Llewellyn made it, but I don't know. It was uh, good, man. It I was forget smooth. the pepper, but it was spicy. And Daddy it was, was on COVID yeah. protocols. Yeah. I, wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could have drank more, but then this windstorm just whipped in and almost knocked over our camera. Like tables oh, wow. were starting to get blown over. Yeah. And we had our camera rig set up. And then we were in the middle of a conversation. I was like, sorry, man. Can I, I have go. 10 grand hit the ground? <laughs> yeah. Like, He's like, I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> so I, I didn't run as much as I waddled over. But <laughs> yeah, I can't think of, strangely enough, though, I can't think of like a local brewery. And please reach out to us if you do. Yeah. That makes a like a, a pumpkin beer that's super mm. solid or super mm. well known. I'm sure there's one out there I just can't I think of. Say, but Lady I think Cask does something out oh, in that's Springdale. That's possible. That's possible. Because yeah. a lot of their stuff is super approachable, and they really do good brown ales, ESPs all the time. Oh, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what they do. Leaning Cask, they do a lot of things at you know somewhat room temperature. There's so in that way, if it's for you folks out there that may not be super big craft beer enthusiasts, the lower or the higher, not higher, but some of the room temperature, you're going to pick up a lot more of the nuances that the right. brewer wanted you to taste. Where if you notice, it's cold. Is the Rockies? They know it tastes like shit. If you make something so cold, you're yeah. not going to taste it. Yeah, and I think like MSG. I think I think, a, <laughs> and I think a lot of that locally has to do with like our large German po- population, yeah, right? Polish population. Like those Oktoberfests and those Marzen styles are just yeah. really popular yeah. around here. So I think those get a little more attention. But yeah, if there's a good pumpkin beer locally. Yeah. Let the boys know. We'll review it on For the podcast. Sure, yeah. If you want to know a little trick of the trade, if a brewery brews like a brown ale or ASB year round, odds are they brew a super dope like fall winter beer as yeah, well. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. So for me, uh, fall beer, I always look forward to. It's nostalgia for me. It has a great place in my heart. And it, sometimes people don't like it, but it's uh, Fathead Spooky Tooth. Oh, yeah. So Depends I, on the year for me. but Yes. Uh, when I got married... Uh, at my reception. Wait, you're married? Yes, nah, I'm just, I we am. All knew it. My my wonderful wife who puts up with my bullshit. 
uh, when we had our reception, I was still nervous as hell. Uh, and the waiter came to me and said, hey, man, pour you a beer. What do you want? And I was like, oh, what's the dark beer we have? Guy, I forgot what we got. He goes, no, nah, man, whatever you want. Like, we have all these things on tap. Wait, it's it's October. Do you, like, like fall beers? I was like, yeah. He goes, I, I got you. He comes back with spooky tooth with like the shit around the rim and everything. Oh, and he, yeah. he handed it to Little me. Rim job. And that was like one of twenty I had yeah. that night. And I just and from then on it was it's like for me to remember like those times <laughs> that, that spooky tooth always I have a, a four pack in my fridge right now. Oh man. Yeah, that that year was a really good year for spooky tooth too, because the the night before your wedding I hit the oh, hotel yeah. bar <laughs> and got wrecked yes I had, to, I had to hair of the dog and gatorade the next day <laughs> yep. penta says drink some hair of the dog because you dehydrated <laughs> so this is usually when we fall we go into what's on tap and where you can find us but dennis before we do that we want to make sure that you have this time right now to tell people all your socials where they can find you what's coming up next and just anything that you want everyone to know so go ahead the floor is yours. Thank you. I appreciate that, Matt. And it's so good to be on the game with the boys. This has been such a pleasure and a long time coven coming. Absolutely love you guys. And thank you folks out there so much for listening. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, please jump on at first hit brew box. We're on seven different social media platforms, TikTok included. We're out there doing little dances, playing with our beagle, having a good time. Uh, so hit us up there. If any uh, brewery owner or anyone out there that has a business that maybe wants to give a brew box as a gift to clients, employees, onboarding gifts, that kind of stuff, hit me up at Dennis at first hit brew box. And if you want to order a brew box for yourself, hit us up at first hit brew Calm. As far as some of the unique stuff we have coming up, we are partnered up with Barrel and Flow, which is one of the first black beer festivals in the country, in these United States of America. And we uh, did a beer collaboration with Our Town Brewery located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Super dope beer. We put a ridiculous fucking amount of hibiscus and pineapple into an IPA. It's going to be insane. And we did um, a brew box to feature that. Uh, we did a really unique saying, stand strong in Swahili on our uh, front of our shirt. And we did a really unique um, hibiscus flower with kind of like hops kind of growing out of it. So check it out first at brewbox.com. And we are giving those shirts out in the brew box whenever you subscribe uh, the month of September. So hit us up, come see us at Barrel and Flow Fest if you're going to be there. If not, and you may be trying to look for something else to do later on in the month, we will be at uh, Homebrew and Chill, which is part of the Greensburg Craft Beer Week. Uh, September 19th, I believe I've had quite Correct. a few years, but you know, I try to remember dates and my <laughs> wife takes care of all of our calendar stuff. So I may be making things up at this point. Thank you folks for listening to us. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you, Matt and Adam for having first at Brewbox and myself on this episode. Heck yeah, of the man. Yeah. With the boys. Could not have been happier to have you here. <laughs> so Adam, what is on tap? And where the hell can you find us? Yeah, I'm going to hurry up and echo Dennis real quick. Mm. September 19th, like you said, homebrew and chill. Come see Bash Brew. Come see First Sip Brew Box. Come have a good time. Drink with us. Dance with us. Let's do this. All Saints Brewing Company in Greensburg, PA. We just kegged the apple fritter yesterday, so it will be ready to go for next week. Which means after the festival. So this is the 20th and later. If you want some apple fritter... Bring your growlers over. Come get some. I'll, I'll bottle some up for you. Just contact Decaying with the boys or Bash underscore Brew, 
and we will get it ready for you. And we also have Jojinator on tap for that week. Other than that, it's all going to festivals, so keep up with our socials. The only other thing we have uh, scheduled uh, right now is November 6th, Drink the Cookie Table at Spirit in Lawrenceville with Fueled by Hobbs. If you want to find out what's happening with the reigning, defending, homebrew champion of the Berg, just follow him at Bash underscore Brew on all social media. It's Facebook, Instagram, and sometimes I coerce him to post on Twitter. And if you want to find out what's happening. people on that. (laughs) And real quick, I forgot to mention, I did mention we're bringing the apple fritter. The other beer we're bringing to homebrew and show is the one that won North Hill's. Yes. Uh, homebrew fest the poblano yeah, smoked pale will be there so if you want to see what won the grand champion at north hills homebrew fest this is your only chance to get it this so year good. this is it once Delicious. this keg's gone it's gone That's until it. 2022 so again if you want to find out what's happening with the champ it's bash underscore brew on facebook and instagram and again i'm gonna make him get a twitter and if you want to find out what's happening with the boys down here in the Jojitorium, all you have to do is follow us at DecayingWTB on all social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And again, continue to send in your questions, comments, and whatevs to DecayingWTB at gmail.com. So from the Jojitorium, and now from First Sip Brew Box, yeah. from where we are to where you are until next time, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>